last time on Lawful Stupid. You tell me right now she did. if she's alive or dead. I don't care about you, nothing else. She blinked she twice. Blink twice and she's alive. She, Graveyard dead. Uh, so we made our way up the Ridge Scar Peaks. Um, we, with the help, help of two Furbolgs uh, that were here to help us on our journey. Um, we lost Graylin the Great to Stargate Atlantis. Um, <laughs> we made our way to the actual physical gates and walked in them. We had reached out to Avia to hear of um, Teresa's well-being using the sending spell, which she knows and I don't. Um, and then she had reached out to me. I nonchalantly answered because I didn't want to give away the situation to anybody who might be listening in. And she said, you're not going to believe this. Diane, please take this away right now. Fill me in. Let me know. I don't feel safe right now. Let me feel safe. I didn't. So she's alive. Um, and I, I didn't get the whole message though. Uh, and that's that's why it took me so long to get back to you. I. I sent well wishes and just asked that she check in and Christoph she's in silence. Audible gasp. You we can't hear this though, right? So bring it lay it on me, lay it on me, Daddy, lay it on me. (laughs) But I have a feeling that she's in trouble, Christoph. I wasn't able to get the whole message back. I am going to say, Christoph, um, does, I, like I said, I didn't get the whole message. Does, does the name Yarg mean anything to you? Uh, so I assume, I know just this is an assumption that based based on our paranoid nature and the nature of our business, um, that we have a code word established for when I can't speak freely. Is cephalophagus? Is that a safe <laughs> assumption? Um, it is a safe assumption as long as it's not cephalophagus. <laughs> no, it's it's it's, it's 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 the uh, draconic word for silence. Give me that one. Which is because I know draconic. Thaum. I'm gonna believe you. <clears throat> so you go. Thaum. <laughs> I say, oh, no, I say I like it quietly. You just like pronounce your chest forward. I just go. Uh, Thaum. <laughs> like a dragon boy. I, I just say. I just say. I just say. Thaum. Can I fucking roll perception to notice that? You absolutely can. You, it's we're walking. We're walking abreast. You, you noticed yeah. it if you want to notice it. Oh, I um, and she she says, "I understand. I'm, 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 I'm gonna keep digging into this to see what I can figure out." Um, I just uh, message me back when you get something, when you're able to talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hit me up on the aim whenever you're first. And then when you hit her up, it's, uh, I'm away from my keyboard! Uh, <laughs> smiley face emoji, star, 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 pipe, pipe, pipe. Like, yeah. <laughs> my cubicle yeah. romance oh, forever. MCR 2020 20, Shine Team. Uh, cool.
What would... Christoph, what did she say? I, you do not know that I received a message. My is friend. this in your like your hands in your pocket? Yeah, or he something? doesn't, he doesn't have to be out. holding the no, coin specifically. He okay. just like it has to be on his person, like touching him or whatever. Um, I I do it as a gesture. Well, he also does it to like communicate with you guys, mm-hmm. like if he's like going to do it in front of you. Yeah, um, but he doesn't have to like yeah. do that. I mean, I would assume because I know Draconic, like I can kind of notice some weirdness with it. Like if you know Draconic, you know that I said the word silence. Yeah. But you don't know if I'm referring to the country. You don't know if I'm referring to being silent. You have no idea other than I said the word. You would know that he's not referring to the the country because nobody would use the draconic word for silence. They would call it silence. I mean, as as Rowan, would I notice a difference? Sure. You would would notice something in my voice. We've known each other long enough. You would notice a a sense of urgency. I I might fucking hold back on I, I, I cast a mess I, I cast message so that this is fucking super down low. Okay. So you just see a couple you see a couple semantic movements from me in front of my face. I don't want to alarm anyone in this position. We'll speak more later. And I do the same thing and I and I do the same thing again, this time directing the spell at Atlas, and I say I cannot She did! <laughs> oh, sorry. I saw you. She did. She graveyard dead. I cannot speak freely now. We will discuss it later. You must remain your composure. Teresa is alive. A calm washes over me. I just close eyes, nod head, and we still walking. She did! She did! She did! I give okay for in draconic. Let me kiss it. That's you did. You, have, you just yeah. you just broke the 18th seal. Kissed a bunghole and send it his way. Um, and uh, so you guys are let in, and um, Chris, have you noticed that you're being like eyed by two of the guards that mm. were like walking you in? Yeah, I'm an imposing figure. Uh, Bastards. You just casted a spell in front of them. Um, they don't. They're not like concerned with it because you didn't like outwardly do anything, um, but they noticed. True. Um, so uh, Lieutenant Stonefoot uh, leads you guys further down, uh, further into the uh, the mouth of the fortress, um, and you notice uh, as you guys like uh, approach, the the guards on the outside were wearing um, like chainmail and leather armor. Um, the guards on the inside, uh, it's like this, like, plate mail slash stone combination, um, and it's this, like, uh, like, sandy red color, um, and they're, like, armed to the teeth, right? Um, even these, like, big orcs that are, like, larger, because they're, like, full-blooded orcs, like, even you, Atlas, are, like, that's, like, a lot of armor, like you, you like in your mind, they would not be very quick with that much armor and weaponry, um, and they're pretty still in general, like keeping uh, sentinel poses. Um, and Lieutenant Stonefoot um, kind of leads and he goes, "Don't, don't mind, don't mind all the extra security, but there's a lot going on with with Holbeck and silence." And you can never be too careful. Uh, yes, it seems like there's 
a lot going on right now. It seems very stressful. Um, and I'm going to palm 20 gold pieces, and I'm going to speak to him in Dwarvish and say, um, every man off-duty has a drink on me tonight, and I'm going to shake his hand and pass him the coinage. Um, and yeah, so he, he takes that, and he um, puts it in his uh, like bag and says, uh, it's very kind of you. Um, and so you guys, you guys walk through this great hall. And what you notice on this great hall is like a big, like stone, um, mosaic portraits of like dwarves. Mosaic. Like great Gorillas, dwarves. Mosaic. Yeah, mosaic. Thank you. Yeah. No, no, that's fine. That's yeah, all good. Mosaic. No, no, no. I, I mispronounced the word. Oh, hey. Um, no, I'm, please, 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 uh, correct me. Bat racks. Um, and so you have these like portraits, these mosaic portraits, uh, like down these halls. Um, and then as you are reaching near the end of it, and this, this hall is long, it's like 200, 250 feet of a walk. Um, and it's huge, right? Um, and you know, there's like tables and there's a, there's a big rug pathway. Um, and, uh, the last portrait, um, on the right is a little bit different than the rest where the rest have been like big dwarven warriors um with like weapons and in full like valorous armor and like you can tell that they're like it's meant to be like this battle thing and then the last one is uh Christoph, you would recognize uh farin stonebreaker but it's farin and uh batul and uh together they have like a, a small child between them in the um, portrait that's created. Um, and so you guys go through this hall and the doors are pushed open by two guards in full in this full sandy uh, stone metal armor. And when this happens, um, you immediately see the three guards on each of your side and Lieutenant Stonefoot all like take a knee as the doors open up revealing a um like a, like a burnt orange slash auburn Umber, rug yeah. that leads to a um set of thrones and there's um one large throne um that's like uh, ornate with gold and stone pieces and there's another throne that's just a little bit larger that's um ornate with stone and like bone and then there's a smaller more simple um throne um but you can tell that it's like i mean it looks like it's for a child 100 percent. sure uh i'm gonna i'm gonna whisper to my compatriots halfway in on the rug you stop you bow deeply got it and we we approach, huh. and at the halfway point of this of this long rug, I would kind of gesture, and we would stop. And and Christoph, and this is just getting to courtly politics. Fund. Uh, typically, when I visited before, I would do like a quarter bow to, to hey, I'm in your house, your royalty, but I'm royalty too. Um, this time, for the first time, I bow full deep and uh, remove my mask as I do so. Still, yeah, tip of the hat. I'm not quite sure what and, to do, uh, so I'm just kind of like looking up at him the whole time as I bend over to see if he like gives me a sign for that's good enough. 
And um, so yeah, so Tyndall is with you guys, and he um, like bows forward with Kristoff and just face plants. Yeah, yeah, and just like face plants, and like quickly in his mind, but slowly in everybody else's bends back up like he doesn't like get up normally yeah. like he's just like he's like defying physics up on his toes <laughs> yeah yeah like i mean because the dude's normally ripped so he has great muscle control yeah he just doesn't have good like motor control right now so he like pulls himself back up and just like doesn't say a word like he just like bowed perfectly totally impressed uh, and um you you hear the the very familiar voice of Farron stonebreaker and he says, I thought you would never come home, Kristoff. Oh. Uh, Welcome back. I, and I'm just beaming. And I um, I say, uh, I haven't quite made it home yet, but I'll take it the, the home of an old friend any day. And I'm, and, and I'm, resp- I'm replying to him in Dwarvish. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. He's with that. Uh, Farron uh, stands up, and uh, so does Batul. And um, Batul, you notice, is uh, holding their small child, um, who is like uh, like babyish, probably uh, from what you can tell, like maybe eight nine old. months. Okay. Um, yeah, so still baby form, not necessarily toddler. Baby form. Um, and so Farron, and like you can, like I said, they they get up and they kind of walk down the uh, steps to like the rug's edge to kind of like approach, but not like go too far from their uh, throne. Um, I, come, come, no need for all the formalities, Kristoff. And he like, waves you forward to get closer because like you guys are still pretty far away. I approach and I and I, I give him the old handshake into a hug. Um, and I kind of like, hold him by the shoulders out from me like kind of looking at him and go and look at him and I look at his wife and his child and I just go you've been busy old friend and he uh, he, <laughs> he a little uh, but um, I'm getting soft without all this war but it seems like people are going to keep me even busier still I hope to assuage some of that. Um, but before we get into that, let me please introduce my compatriots. Um, we have Rowan Legato, um, a very well-traveled bard um, in, in the region of Orenthal. He's, he's well-known for his stories and song. Sparks all about. Like, hello. Nice to meet you. Pleasure is uh, mine. Uh, um, you know, uh, you, you may know his father, Henry. This is Atlas Ferrier, a graduate of Battleborn College, a defensive master when it comes to processes and, and procedures, and a damn fine smith, if I do say so myself. But your reputation, if anything, like your father's, would precede you. I'm familiar with Henry's work. Uh, I, I too have heard of your exploits, and uh, uh, I guess there's something to be admired about your your battle titles and 
the ability that you had to, to hold down the fort here. I, it's very impressive. I appreciate that, sir. And here we have uh, Captain Rinwick Tyndall, uh, uh, formerly of the Mephis. Um He's done me a great service, and though he may not be um, hale and hearty at the moment, I assure you he is a dear friend. And uh, Tyndall says, uh, he like takes off his hat and like bows and, just, and then puts it back on and says, uh, I, I don't know what he's talking about. I'm hardy enough for all four of us. And it's both an honor, a pleasure, and a beautiful moment all together. And uh, uh, Farron says, I'm not sure why I'm surprised at all you continue to keep interesting company. I, it, it all started with you. This and uh, Gentlemen, this is Farron Stonebreaker, lord of this keep in this realm. Um, a tough son of a bitch, if I do say so, as well as uh, the only man I know who can just blatantly cheat at chess and still lose so terribly. Along with his lovely, lovely wife, Lady Bakhtul, um, who, passing of earthly logic, has grown fairer and fairer yet since the last time I've seen her. And their new young child, whose name I do not know. And uh, um, Bakhtul leans forward um, and kind of like gives you like a cheek uh, to cheek situation. Mm -hmm. And she says... um, you haven't changed much at all, Kristoff. Ever the flatterer. Ever a little bit of a snake. But... You seem well. And this is Gloria. Gloria Stonebreaker. She would be the best of Farron and I. Hopefully. She has quite a great pool to draw upon. Thank you for your hospitality, lady. And uh, Farron says, uh, if we're lucky, she won't take after me at all. And he, like, strokes his big beard. He's got, like, braids in his beard. He's, like, stroking <laughs> him. I don't think it would be good if she took after me at all. I'd like to see her have your force of will and your good humor and absolutely nothing else, if I'm going to be honest. Definitely not your ability with chess or cards, or the kingdom will be destitute within a year for secession. Oh, Christoph. Do you remember that time I threw you in the stocks for a week? I do remember it. I'm still chafing from it. And I rub my wrist gingerly. Nah, well, I'd see that happen again. <laughs> I like this guy. Very and much. then he, like, laughs heartily. I've missed you, old friend. Why? What brings you back around? I, I, I didn't think you would ever come back. No, I. Um, I'm here only because you must know my people are in danger. Yes. Uh, you know of the the mounting tensions between the combined forces of of Orenthal and the King of Silence and his people. Um, 
it, it is it is mounting unrest, and I would not see harm befall my the home of my birth, nor the home that I have found across the sea. And you see him kind of like, um, like look at you, and he's like rubbing his beard, and he says, "You're so you're not here for the fiends, then." Um, you'll have to be more specific. You said you're here for the the mounting tension between the, the Orndal forces that have started to gather and hold back and silence. Yes, I, I know nothing of these fiends. Please tell me all you know. Uh, it, well, for the past almost three years, they've They've been showing up in in the region, and in, in especially uh, in Ridgecrest. But we've we've done well <laughs> with no slouches when it comes to war. But they've been coming in greater numbers, and while we're we're fortified, and have, frankly, I don't have we don't have much to worry about, and I do worry about the other regions. Not enough to deal with it, but um, I almost assumed that's what you, that's what you meant. Um, These fiends, could you describe them? Are they large, standing approximately eight feet tall, horned creatures, wielding massive two-handed swords, cloven The very hooves? same. The very same. Uh, which there, don't get me wrong, they're those are terrible and um, hard to fight, but it's the other ones that are more concerning to us. Um, it's the ones that fly that we're not fans of, and it's the the ones that are they're large. They're almost like moving fortresses. I uh, see. How many have you had come through? Uh fiends um a lot the the ones that are different not uh, the one like the, the, the large fortress or the flying ones Seven. uh well the flying ones tend to come with uh the 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 other ones the fiends um just smaller in number but ah uh, damn it if they aren't just the worst to deal with how frequent are these but attacks we, um we haven't had one in a few months but um, we also we haven't really heard from silence in a while and yeah, these new forces have been lining up and so I, I fear the worst mm. um, I fear to inform you Farron that this is not our first encounter with these fiends and I will relate to him for the sake of brevity the tale of Oxbane of Oxbane and um, he takes all that in, and you um, you see Batul getting like more worried, which like you haven't ever seen like motherhood has like done a number on her from your perspective, Kristoff. Like she was always like very aggressive, very fighter, very protective, um, and while she's still protective and very like fierce looking, 
you can tell there's like you can see concern on her face which is like is a first for you um and she says uh Farron, i'm not sure we can if this is happening all over goron i think there's a big problem and uh Farron kind of looks back and smiles and says Yes, I, I'm afraid there's, there's something we actually must do then about it. Um, I am pleased to report that you shall not have to do so alone. All that I ask is that you allow passage for Svan and his men that have mounted from Orenthal. We've closed these doors before. Atlas, maybe more than any other man in the world has faced these things. We know how to address it, but we must strike at the heart and we cannot do it without passing through your territory. Uh, I don't see, uh, I, I honestly don't see why that would be an issue, but but come, friend. Let's let's discuss this more over a nice meal. We'll, we'll get you some rooms. You can... Mill about the fortress, my my men. We trust, uh, we trust you. Um, just you know, don't be yourself, and I think everything will be fine. <laughs> he like smiles a little bit. Yeah, it beams wide. Um, I'll see what I can do. Um, I'll actually, I'll actually bit my mask, and I'll turn to an elderly human man. Um, with the sky self, and I'll go, shouldn't be a problem. And uh, he kind of smiles and goes, much better, much more handsome, I think. And he like strikes his beard. Nowhere to go but up. And I bip my mask again, and I turn into uh, a replica of Farron Stonebreaker. Uh, a little bit taller. <laughs> and I'll say, oh, darn it. I- I think I've gone in the wrong direction again. Yeah, way too tall. Not good for a dwarf. <laughs> and I he like it. laughs and he says, "He says, uh, come around the Great Hall in a few hours and you remember where it is and we'll get some food. Of course. We'll have a nice meal prepared. Of, of course, absolutely. Um, we'll, we'll take obviously some rooms and some refreshment. We are road weary. Um, I do think that perhaps your halls will be a little bit lively tonight and I believe that perhaps tomorrow your uh, guards will be a little more sluggish and that's my fault but it should make for uh, an interesting evening all the same and he he laughs (laughs) oh Christoph if you think if you think my man are going to be on the sauce side I hope you gave them a lot of gold. Well, I'm a man of means now, Theron. I'm independently wealthy. I'm sure that given time and proper incentive with song and merriment, I shall do exactly that. No, uh, that's why I have more than just those soldiers. Well, great, excellent. Uh, we will see you in a few hours then. Please. The guards will show you to uh, some suitable rooms and make yourselves at home. I bow deeply again. I will bow too. 
Yeah, um, something that's not normal for uh, for you. Um, they both bow back. Um, back to a little more um, carefully holding a baby, but sure. um, um, but he returns the bow, which is not something he typically has done in the past for you. Uh, I look. Christoph looks pained at that somehow. Um, my lord, my lady, and uh, briskly leaves. Um, and so, like, uh, you guys catch up with uh, a couple of guards who leads you um, um, a good, like, 20-minute walk around um, the castle uh, or the fortress until there's, like, these, like, uh, you guys go up, like, three or four flights of stairs to these, like, uh, it's like, you can tell it's like a diplomat's, like, rooms. Um, they're rooms you've never stayed in specifically. Um, the last time you stayed, like, your rooms were a little more... Um, utilitarian um and these these are a little more diplomatic they're still like stonebreaker rooms right so like sure. they're not like super lush but like you've got like this balcony um off of one of the rooms that like kind of looks over some of the battlements and like um you can kind of see from the balcony like a larger forge in place and like you can see like the the molten like runoff heading down into like this like chasm for, for all you can um determine um so it's like a very interesting view um from the balcony it's like uh this is 100 what you would think dwarves uh are like settled in right um and then the other like there's like three or four rooms you guys to pick from one being the balcony and a couple more rooms you guys Pick some rooms, I would I like a balcony. I have no strong preference. Tyndall says, Oh, Rowan. Rowan, come with me or I'll get drinks. It'll be fabulous. Rowan and I will get drunk in these rooms. It will be beautiful. Hmm. With our captain's hats. That sounds... Captain meeting, captain meeting, captain meeting. That sounds absolutely lovely. And uh, so, yeah, you guys, you guys, uh, you guys have a few hours to kill in uh, the Stonebreaker, uh, the Ridgecrest Towers world. Uh, I want to go check out this. Uh, so maybe some of the forges or something that are around. I'm it's, just it's- going to enjoy laying in a bed. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we'll resolve that. Um, so yeah, you uh, you you go out from your area and you go look around um, the forges. What do you what are you looking for specifically? Um, should I try to take it all in. Like, what's your goal? I just want to see how these guys how they work. Because I've heard of of you know legend of how good the dwarves are. Uh, I doing that, and then I've heard you know Henry obviously is, is very good at it as well. So I'm just curious to see, and I've seen him do it his whole life, or at least my whole life as growing up around him, to see how that um, that style. Because maybe he learned from yeah. somewhere. Maybe these dwarves they they have a similar thing going on. I'm just interested. 
Yeah, so um, one thing you, as you like walk around, you notice um, they have a very uh, uniform system. Um, like they, each forge has about um, six to seven dwarves around the forge and they're filling molds. And so like they're cranking out weapons and armor. And so like, it's like done in stages. It's almost like an assembly line. Mm-hmm. Um, where like these dwarves are like, they'll fill up a mold, they'll chill it, and then they'll hammer out the flaws and the defects. Um, and you kind of notice, um, something very unique because the way you've always been taught and the way Henry has taught you is that it's like one person like really irons out a weapon, but you notice like these dwarves are like passing them back and forth, like, or in like in a circle. So everybody's really putting their touch on it. Um, and then you uh, you see that like while well, the orcs um, that are like in the Stonebreakers uh, abode they don't they're not necessarily great um, uh, forgers they uh, they do however like when the weapon comes off the line like they're wrapping it in leathers they're looking for effects like and you see some of the other orcs like testing them like testing these weapons oh, like against stone and metal and like just to really like see that the weapons hold up like their armaments are really tested and like you go you go with this with this one part where like literally orcs are putting on like fresh armor and other orcs are hitting them in the chest <laughs> with like weapons to test them like live tests um and like as you're walking by you see uh one orc like get hit and like he's like he like flies back like five feet and he gets up and you hear him go Ah, uh, this armor's not good. And he's like taking pieces of the armor off, and like just like, pulls it off and like throws it into the scrap pile. Uh, if I see that, can I can I walk up and uh, curiously? Uh, what makes this piece of armor not not good? It seems like you have a similar line. They would all be very much the same quality. Well, then just because you you run them off the same system doesn't mean they're all made the same. Sometimes. You get weak runoff or, or a bad connection during the forge. Like if, if a piece doesn't uh, meld well, uh, not that not that I've got the eye for that. Uh, I mostly do testing, but I know that it doesn't meld well when it hurts. Yeah, I have I've been there before. I get that. Okay, uh, so I don't mean to interrupt. I just uh, was wondering. Yeah, well, we don't want any of our soldiers going out there getting hit in the chest and having their armor falling apart or, or worse. Uh, so we just make sure we go through extensive uh, testing and frankly it's fun. I'm, it does look I'm like a lot of fun. Steve real hard. Care, yeah. You care if I give that a shot? Yeah, go ahead. All right, and I'll just put on and his, like, his armor and then... Well, yeah, well he waves the guy over and the guy like hands you this big set of armor and um, one thing you notice is like you grab this armor it is heavy. And so, like, as you, like, slide this, like... Because it's just, like, a main piece, right? It's not, like, a whole armor set. So you, like, slide this big, like, almost, like, armor poncho over your chest. And he goes, you sure about this? Oh, absolutely. Give it a whack. All right. And, like, you get hit and you, like, slide backward. It's, like, a solid seven feet. And you feel like a ton of pressure in your chest, but it doesn't feel like you got is you got hit as hard as you got hit. 
Okay, I'll say, oh, uh, uh. you know what? Let's do that again. And then I'll kind of just spend a couple hours there, like working with these guys. Yeah, yeah. You, um, you, so you spend time like uh, taking turns, like uh, baseball swinging against um, some people testing armor. Um, they, uh, they try to teach you um, like this dwarf hammer throw game, this dwarf orc hammer throw <laughs> game that they play, yeah. where they like throw huge great hammers, like these great mauls at each other while wearing this armor. Um, but you don't really like pick up on the like the point system. It seems to, like change rapidly every time you seem to learn it. Um, but everybody's having a good time, you included. Um, this is very fun. And I assume you like. And I just you, you uh, head back. I don't. And this is where I leave the podcast. This is where Atlas feels at home now, and so he's there. Yeah. Just, no, fuck you, Teresa. <laughs> Not worried about you. No, yeah, that's so that's what uh, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. No, it's got it. You're just gonna play there. Um. Uh, Christoph, what do you want to do with your time other than like relax or you just want to relax? Uh, I, I enjoy some time um, laying in a bed. That's very novel and enjoyable for me. Um, and then eventually I'm going to um, wander down to whatever alehouse exists. Okay, so you go to uh, like a nearby tavern. Yeah, presumably where the guards that I have paid for drinks will be drinking. Uh, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't necessarily, like, find all of them, but you'd find a handful, for sure, because, yeah. like, this is a huge fucking place. Um, yeah, so you do that, and, um, uh, Lieutenant Stonefoot, like, kind of, like, raises a mug to you as you come in, and he's, like, drinking with, um, two of the other guards that you were walked in with. I give them a, a, a stiff salute, and then, uh, head over to the bar and order a drink and find myself a nice, uh, corner booth. Or table, or whatever exists. Yeah, you do that. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, it's, it's, everything's, like, made of, um, like, this heavy stone and metal. Um, not a, not a ton of wood. Um, uh, but, yeah, you find, like, a nice comfy seat in the corner. Um, and just, like, enjoy a drink and listen to some, um, dwarvish, like, music? Not, like, singing, but, like, instrumental. Um, And so, uh, you, uh, so you listen to the, the Dwarvish music and, and, um, wa- uh, walking over to you, uh, is Lieutenant Stonefoot and he, uh, he says, uh, do, do you mind if I ask you a question? Only if you have a seat in the chair, drink with me. And uh, he sits down. Um, he kind of like hops up um, a little bit because uh, he's a little bit shorter than the other dwarfs. Um, he makes up for it in his big beard. And he's like drinking and he says, If you're a Shindo, why aren't you in silence? Uh, do you really not know the answer to that question? Um, no. Otherwise, I would ask. I didn't know. Um, I thought it was pretty common knowledge. Uh, I was the crown prince of silence. And then I wasn't. Well, that that sounds terrible. I'm I'm sorry. 
Uh, it's 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 fine, really. I've kind of found my own way. Maybe a maybe a better way. Maybe not. Um, but it uh, it's who I am now. I'm Christoph Shindo, formerly of Silence. Uh, that's why when I met your lord and lady, I was taken aback when they bowed to me. I am not... I'm no longer a noble. Just a man. Uh, don't, don't be taken aback. Uh, they, they bow to anyone who bows to them these days. It, I, I think it's a sign of respect, mostly. Um, well, when we bow, they bow. Interesting. I think it's their way of um, knowing that they don't have a kingdom without us. At least that's the way I like to think about it. It's a nice thought. It's different. Yes, very much so. He's oh, always well. been one of the good ones, Farron. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, it's... it's I think uh, him being with Batul... Uh, really changed something for the Ridgecrest Peaks. Did you know that she hates me? Oh, yes. I imagined as much. Oh, yes. I I, I was not one of the god um, when you used to visit, but um, I've heard stories. I, um, I was surprised to see the little one in her arms. Uh, it's very good. We don't get enough good news these days, and a little bit more fair and a little bit more Batul in this world. Uh, that's good news in my eyes. We agree. It's just, uh, it's good for our people. You must imagine the dwarf and orc relationships are not always so peaceful here. I'm sure you remember some of the stories. I do. Um, it's nice to see cohabitation at this level. Um, I remember there used to be some some issues with uh, the orcs and kind of their place in this world. And if you'll forgive me saying, they were treated as second-class citizens. But I've I've a fairly keen eye. I. I've noticed as I come through them in positions in the guard and in the forge where they, you know, used to be only dwarfs. And that's, that's encouraging. Well, don't get me wrong, there's still some dwarves who think they know best. And, and honestly, there's orcs that think they've demeaned themselves to be in with dwarves. But for the most part, we're all, we're all one big happy nation. Yes, we are. You should meet a tiefling every now and again. That will give you the perspective. Well, I, I, uh, you know, you seem great. I think we'll stop here. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. You really yes, have. You really uh, have outdone yourself. Yes, that's true. I, I feel like there's no going up from here. But, uh, yes. Um. Uh, well, I hope. I hope you. Uh, I hope you do well, Christoph. And I. I hope. I hope with all the business and silence, you um, you find what you're looking for here. 
I hope the same for you, Lieutenant, and more than anything, stay safe. You as well. And uh, I think you guys like to share um, a little, some like movie stories of your past, yours maybe not so like uh, deep and stuff like that. And um, I think you make your way back to the rooms. Um, and you, Atlas, and uh, Tyndall and Ro- Rowan are all like together sharing a drink. I mean, I, that's what we're in the episode. Um, as you guys all all rejoin in the rooms, um, sharing, uh, you know, your ginger ale. Confirm. Um, um, and I'll and I'll as we rejoin, I'll say, Atlas, we we have to speak about Teresa. And that's where we'll end the episode. Yep. Yeah. And like that. So like you guys are all uh, sitting around a table drinking. Um, as you like uh, convey that final message um, and so uh, thanks for listening to this episode everybody uh, we'll continue so to tease you with Teresa's uh, situation her, her well being is constantly in flux and um, yep. if you want to well, don't worry if it's anything like Alaria she'll just die a peasant's death it's, it'll be fine Alaria's death was pretty cool I don't know. Feels like a peasant death to me. I'm still, still wounded. Weeks later, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, it's super good. So, a lot, lot going on. Um, we have a lot going on just outside the podcast. Min Max Mankind is like uh, three weeks away. It's on our fucking doorstep. Yeah, um, it's May first. It begins. It begins, and it shall not end until all the good a is done. Gauntlet of charity and fun. Uh, it, it shall be thrown, shall be accepted and hoisted upon the mountains, uh, and the eagles uh, will rejoice. And uh, it's going to be a lot, of, a lot of crazy stuff going on in Max Mankind in May. Then we get a brief, brief break in June, and then we're right into Jolicon in July. Um, yeah. A lot of good content coming your way in the meantime. Um, there will be no uh, lapse in content during that time. Uh, you should still expect weekly episodes throughout Min Max Mankind in May, throughout Drawlicon in July, um, maybe with some, maybe with some little added bonuses. I mean, expect live content when we do Drawlicon for sure. Yeah, and and expect live no content. No quality, just live. Yeah, it's it's same thing with um, Min Max Mankind as well. Really keep an eye on our yep. Instagram. Really keep an eye on our Twitter. Uh, we will be on there doing all kinds of crazy things really anything that we can do to bleed ourselves for your dollars for this cause we will be doing and when he says bleed ourselves i mean he literally, literally means yeah he's going to be uh he's going to stand against a wall and his mm-hmm. wife is going to just throw knives uh and everywhere right. she like gets close to hitting him without actually hitting him they'll donate um everywhere where they hit his soft spongy spots and he bleeds that's you double, all have that's to double yeah. 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 Um, if I live through it, I'm going to see a brand new beautiful world at the end. Uh, if I don't, that would be for you guys. Yeah. He will die on that hill. Yeah. That's the hill that I choose. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, a lot of cool stuff coming. Um, Rule for Humanity this month is, as you guys know, the Harry Potter Alliance. They have so many amazing products and uh, products, uh, programs and um, different things they've got going on right now. Really check them out. I'm going to do that roll. It's an $11. $11 uh, is going to be the roll 
for humanity for the Harry Potter Alliance uh, this week. And um, really, really please check them out. And uh, they are a worthy cause and definitely, definitely worth the five minutes it's going to take for you to click the link in the episode and go give them a look. Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah. I don't really have that much more this time other than saying uh, thank you so very much for listening and supporting us. Uh, like a genuine heart, heartfelt thank you because like we have so many cool patrons and hey, hey if you're not a Patreon supporter you should be because you can get a one shot. You can get in the Tales of the Arcane Wars campaign which is a Patreon campaign. Um, you guys can, you'll get extra lore bits, you'll get to be involved with the story a little bit more, um, and you'll get to see some of the characters before they met the boys, so it's and a lot they, of good stuff. And if you're really balling like a ballaholic and you want to go to that $50 tier, you can be like Aven and DB, who are on the call right now, listening to these episodes eight weeks before they air. Um, and really be ahead and Lauren in the know. And then you have to share your terrible burden in secret uh, of knowing things that you cannot speak of uh, is really more of a curse than a blessing, but it's a curse that you want, so holler at me. Well, you get the you get the benefit of like the dance party that happens prior to a call. I shook, um, I sh- I shook my bottom. He did, he shook his bottom um, for the call. Um, I never felt we more all... ashamed and or proud. Yeah, he has no regrets. Not even a single letter. No. So, um, well, you know, thanks for listening, everybody. And I think we'll uh, we'll play out. Bye. Bye. Alex and Rowan, Alex Rowan and Devin, Atlas are dead. They're dead or gone. They're not here. They're nope. Oh God! Oh, he's back from the dead. He's been reanimated. Oh God! Oh, he wants my flesh. He wants my brains. Oh, help me, Lord! Lord Jesus in heaven, why? Why does it have to end like this? I knew it would. There's too many of them. Oh God, change. Poor sweet merciless change in heaven. Please save me. Oh God, I'm the one. Mm. 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 Yeah, you all great. Yeah, you all great. <laughs> it makes me happy.